Well, welcome, welcome everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for those that are watching online and at home. We bless you and we pray that the Lord's presence goes where you are right now. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, if you want to open your Bibles to Galatians, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. Josiah, there's a, a PowerPoint slide. Can you just throw it up? Thank you, sir. We'll also take up the offering at the very end. Kind of, I just kind of slipped my mind until now. So at the very end, we'll have buckets ready if you give in-house. I know a lot of you give online. If you haven't downloaded the app, it's a great way to give. Check kids in, register for events, keep track of everything going on. So there's an app. We'll show you how to do that if you need help. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Um, I've been in a series called the Pharisee-ectomy. Would everyone just say that, Pharisee-ectomy? I know, I know it's a funny, it's a funny term. And I'm like, well, that, that sounds like something someone else should hear, <laughs> right? That sounds like a sermon series that I don't need to listen to because I'm, I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not a teacher of the law. I'm not a uh, uber religious person. I'm, I'm different, right? Um, and then how many have noticed over the last few weeks, they're like, oh my goodness, I was way more religious than I thought I was, right? Right? Um, and Shugun was saying it's a couple of nights, he just stayed awake and the Lord's just showing him stuff. And I'm like, yep, that's been my like seven weeks going through this. Um, I think that uh, he says, you think that you're, uh, it's in Revelation. He says, you think you're wise, you think you're wealthy. He goes, but you're, you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor, you're naked. You don't have any clothes of your own. He's like, come buy it from me. It's the only place you can get it from. And so um, don't raise your hand, but I, I just want you to, right now, I want you to tell What's the number of years you've been walking with the Lord? Let's start there. How many years have you known Jesus? How long have you had Jesus as the Lord of your life, right? Some people, it's been a long time. Some people, it's been a shorter time, but it's a journey, right? And if you haven't, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, don't wait another minute. Right now can be your birthday in the kingdom, and you can never look back. So all you have to do, you don't have to come to the front right now, but right where you're at, you can just say, Jesus, come be the Lord of my life. I believe you're the son of God. Be the Lord of my life. And that's it. It starts a relationship, all right? Um, and that's all, that's all he wants from us is just to turn and walk with him. Um, so no matter how long we've known the Lord, how, many, how long we've walked with the Lord, there are things that creep into our, our walk with Jesus, our experience that he didn't ordain. Like there are practices that we put into the kingdom that Jesus didn't put into the kingdom. There are things that we add to the gospel that Jesus didn't preach. There are rules and restrictions that we put on people's lives that Jesus never had. I, I never saw Jesus turn away a person who recognized they needed him. Not once. It didn't matter if they were leprous, if they were dead, if they were a prostitute, if they were a tax collector. It didn't matter who they were. If they knew they needed Jesus, Jesus never rejected them, not once. But who did Jesus reject? Pharisees. The people who thought, I don't need you. I've got the law. I don't need you. I've got a list of rules that I can follow. I don't need you. I can do this on my own. I don't need you, I'm rich. I don't need you, I'm wise. I don't need you, I know the law. And this, this mindset, no matter how hard we try, if we're not very careful, creeps into our Christian experience. And we begin to walk and do things as if we can do this without Jesus. Now, I know Kyle's been leading worship for 
20 plus years, right, Kyle? Something like about 20 years. Kyle could probably just walk up and lead worship easy, right? You know how to do it. Jason's been leading for a long time. How many years? 15? It's like, I know how to do this. Like, I've been preaching since I was like 12 years old. So, like, try to do the math in my head. Like, 34 years. Like, I think I can just put a sermon together. No, I, I, we can't do any of this. Like, well, I know how to prophesy over someone. I, I got this. No, I, no, I don't. Well, I know how to take care of my family. No, apart from Jesus, no, we don't. Well, I know how to figure out this problem of my life. No, without him, we have no wisdom. And for whatever reason, we, we begin to believe our own, our, our own press and our own hype, and we think that we've got this, and we're not in need of Jesus. And we detach ourselves from the very thing that makes us sons and daughters, is that we need a father. And so over the last, this is number seven, over the last six and seven weeks, we've been talking about different things that, that causes us to have a religious mindset. If you didn't hear last week, you need to hear it. It was about the rich young ruler. And just to sum it up so it'll carry into today, he came to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, what do I have to do to be in the kingdom, to be saved? And he's like, well, do you know the law? He's like, yeah, like don't kill, don't murder, don't commit adultery. He's like, yes, I've known that my whole life and I've kept the law. And Jesus goes, well, well done. He goes, now what you need to do is go sell all of your possessions and give everything you have to the poor. (laughs) Not quite what he was wanting to uh, hear from Jesus, right? He wanted a list of things. But Jesus said, you need to sell everything that you own and give it away. And the Bible says that he walked away ashamed, dismayed, sorrowful because he didn't want to give up the one thing that Jesus asked him for. And that's, the, that's all of our experiences. Jesus has required something from every one of us to walk with him. It's different. It's very different. Sometimes he asks you to sacrifice something that's different from even your spouse. But if we're not willing to sacrifice that one thing, then we don't get the fullness of the kingdom. Because it's that one thing that has replaced our need for God. That one thing has replaced me acknowledging that I am desperately in need of him. If it's wealth, like, well, I've got plenty of money. I don't really need anything. That was this guy's case. Like, man, I don't need anything. I've got all the money in the world that I could want. And Jesus like, yeah, you don't need to rely on that thing because that thing is at war with me. And we all have these things that crop up in our lives. And it, it, becomes, it becomes a wedge between us and our need for Jesus. And we begin to trust in this thing more than we trust in following Jesus. We begin to trust in being safe or, or all the things that our world is in, like the, 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 the lies that are being sent out into the atmosphere right now that we have believed in and reacted to in fear is partly because we have this Pharisee spirit inside of us because we don't trust Jesus. Are y'all okay? I mean, literal trust in Jesus. Like, not like, oh, well, he's a backup plan, or he's, if all else fails, Jesus. No, I mean, like, no, it's Jesus. And, and if Jesus doesn't help me, then this doesn't work no matter what I do. We have to trust in the Lord. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Y'all know this. Don't lean on your own understanding or your own wisdom, your own strength. In all of our ways, acknowledge him, and what will he do? He will direct our paths. And then what does it say? I mean, remember? Don't be wise in your own eyes. 
Yet for, for whatever reason, we, we gain revelation as we walk with Jesus. And that, that's going to continue. Amen? We're going to gain revelation and wisdom. And we're going to gain strength and stature as we walk with Jesus because he's being formed in us. So yes, we mature, we grow, we become strong, but we don't ever move to a point where we're not desperately in need of him. And this is a problem that the Pharisees had. They didn't think they needed Jesus as their savior. And I think, you know, just for today, it'll be probably pretty short message, but I think that the main purpose for this series has been so that we could be freed from any labor that is not his labor. I put it up here. Pharisaeactomy, being freed from any labor that is not his labor. Like, I don't want to give my life. I don't want to give my time, my talent, my treasure to anything that he didn't ordain. I don't want to spend years of my life pursuing my dreams if he wasn't in it. Like what's the Bible say? What does it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, loses his soul. How do you lose your soul? It's, it's, not, it's not a problem to gain the world. It's not a problem to, to see success in your life. Jesus is not against success. If we follow his ways, we will be successful. The Bible teaches that from beginning to the end. If we obey his commands, we will find success. We will find favor. We will find rewards, right? So there is success that's built into the kingdom. Success isn't the problem. The problem is when I think that I don't need him. And I've said it like 15 times today. So I I don't know. I just keep saying it. (laughs) It's like uh, talk with my kids. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again. Hopefully like it sinks in. I'm like, Jesus, I need to know I need you. I've had to make myself wake up every day and go to sleep every night and tell him that. I've had to do it to me because we get self-sufficient. I'm talking to me. I get self-sufficient. I need to hear it. Jesus, I can't do today without you. I can't. I can't do this meeting without you. I can't do this thing without you. I can't make this decision without you. I can't preach a sermon today without you. Oh, I could, but it wouldn't be worth anything. I can't do this without you. Go to bed at night. Jesus, thank you for today. I couldn't have, I couldn't have done it without you. Amen. Wake up the next day. Jesus, I can't do this without you. Go to bed. Jesus, I could not have done this without you. I'm making my, it's like, a, I, it's like I'm making myself do this. I'm tra- retraining the self-sufficient thing that's inside of me, the independent thing that has cropped, risen up inside of my spirit. And it's not pleasing to the Lord to be independent. And so I, I, I don't want to waste my life. I, I want to put my attention on what he has highlighted. And there's a great passage of scripture we're going to read in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. I'm just going to read this, and then we'll have a couple of little comments at the end, and then we're going to ask Jesus to continue to, to take that leaven of the Pharisee out of us, all right? So Jesus, I ask that you would just anoint the, the words for the rest of this time, that it would produce fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, set us free today. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Galatians 2, verse 11. It says, when Peter came to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. Paul, 
He's like, when Peter came to Antioch, we had a problem. We did not see eye to eye. Like, well, aren't you both apostles? Yeah. Don't you both believe in Jesus Christ? Yes. Aren't you disciples and followers? Absolutely. But we didn't see eye to eye on something. Paul is telling us, I withstood him to his face because he deserved blame. For before certain men (laughs) came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when, when they came, he would withdraw himself fearing those who were of the circumcision. In other words, when Jesus was around, sorry, not Jesus. When Peter was around one crowd, he would have a certain set of standards that weren't his heart beliefs. Then whenever the people that believed the same way he did came around, he would live up to those beliefs that he had. And he was doing it because he was afraid that they would judge him for the freedom he was experiencing. (laughs) he says he was afraid of those who were of the circumcision. So the Gentile Christians that came into the kingdom weren't circumcised at this point in time. And there was this whole group of people that rose up and were like, Hey, we went through this. You got to go through it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We did it when we were young. We don't remember, but you're going to go through it now when you're 40 years old, but you're going to do this because it's the law. And there was a problem in the church over this, over this thing, over the circumcision. So Peter would act a certain way with those that were circumcised, but then he would eat different foods when he was around the Gentiles because they didn't have the same food restrictions. And he would act certain ways. And Paul thought this was wrong, and he addressed it with him. He says, when the, when the rest of the Jews, um, and the rest of the Jews also were hypocrites with him. So he not only was doing it, people were following him as he was being a hypocrite. He was playing a part, and it wasn't right. It says, even Barnabas was carried away with his hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before all of them, if you are being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as a Jew, then why do you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by what? By faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. What is he saying? He's like, there was a point in time where we did these things of the law because we received this law from, from God through Moses and passed down through our, our patriarchs. We received this law and we lived up to it so that we could be right with God. We believed it. We were born in this. But then Jesus came and he says, I'm going to fulfill all of the law and all of the prophets. So you don't have to fulfill all of these obligations anymore. I'm going to do it for you. And he says that we weren't justified by fulfilling all of these restrictions. We were justified because of Jesus. So then Jesus preached a message and he sent freedom to everyone. He goes, and now you're trying to come back in and bring us back under the old obligations. But we're not justified by those things. We're justified by faith in Jesus. And he's bringing this to to a head, okay? He says, even we believed in Jesus. So they believed and then we believed. For the works of the law, uh, we can't be justified through through the flesh. Verse 17, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we are found sinners, is Christ a minister of sin? 
He's saying, so if you stumble and fall into sin and you say you're a Christian, does that mean that Christ teaches be a sinner? He's like, no, not at all. He says, but if I rebuild again the things which I destroyed, I become a transgressor. All right, you're going to understand what he's saying here in just a moment. For I, through the law, died to the law. Everyone say, died to the law. That I may live to God. I may live, say that, I may live to God. For I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith to the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for no reason. What happens? We become Christians and we make it really complicated to stay a Christian. And we call it holiness. (laughs) But Jesus said, be holy for I am holy. Like, you can't be holy. Everyone say, say I, I can't on my own be holy. There is no amount of rules that I can live by to be holy. I can only be holy because Jesus was holy. And I don't become holy. Listen to me. We do not become holy by fulfilling some religious obligations. We do not become holy because we pray for hours every day, read the word every day. We do those things because we're in love with Jesus. We don't do the stuff we do in Christianity because it makes us holy. We do it because we love him. We come to church on our day off because we love Jesus, not because it makes us holy. This doesn't make us holy. What makes us holy is Jesus. There is no way to be holy outside of Jesus. But for some reason, we get saved through faith in the Spirit. And then we start making up all of these difficulties. We make it really difficult to stay saved. And it's not. And, he, and he, here's what he says in chapter 3. You foolish Galatians. Everything we just read, then he follows it up with this. You foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Who has put you under a spell? Who has taken hold of your mind and perverted what Jesus taught? And you've brought it all, like you took, like we worked really hard to be right with God. Jesus came, he made us right with God. And then we work really hard to be right with God again. Who bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed and crucified among you? I want to know one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by how? Everyone say hearing. Hearing. We are justified by our faith that comes through hearing what Jesus says. He says, are you so foolish? Having started in the spirit, you are now trying to be made perfect in the flesh. Today, I want to... I want to highlight that statement again. Jesus came to set us free from any works that weren't his work, from any labor that was not his labor. If you have been trying really hard to be a good Christian, stop it. 
If you've been trying really hard to be free from something, stop it. Jesus paid for your freedom. It comes through surrender. All of the stuff that we, we do as Christians that we say, man, how do you, like if you say, how do I know if someone's a really good Christian? What, what do they look like? We have a list of things that, that makes a good Christian, right? Yeah. We should be the nicest people around. Yeah. We should be the happiest. Yeah. We should be filled with peace. Yeah. We should be filled with faith, not fear. We should be humble. We should, there's, like, there's a list of things. Guess what? Everything we list is found in one person. Every characteristic that we list that we should be as Christians comes through Jesus Christ. I can't force those things to come up inside of me. I can only surrender to him and then he births them in me. So all the stuff that makes us great followers of Jesus, they are a response to something. Everyone say response. They are a response to faith that comes by hearing. Jesus called me. Now, if the disciples were out there and they saw Jesus and they said, hey, Jesus, we want to follow you. And so the way we've decided to prove we want to follow you is we're going to leave all of our stuff. That wouldn't have worked for Jesus. Jesus said to them, hey, come follow me. Leave your stuff. And because he said, leave your stuff, it became righteous. Their decision to leave that stuff became righteous. What, what you and I... <laughs> What you and I do too often is we bring this pretty sacrifice to Jesus and we think it's going to make him really happy. Like, hey, Jesus, I decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to, I'm going to do this kind of stuff. I'm going to witness to this many people. I'm going, to, I'm going to give money to the poor. I'm going to do all this stuff. And Jesus is like, did I just now ask you to do that stuff? Why are you trying to do this stuff? Who has bewitched you? If I say do this stuff and you do it as a response to me, then it's blessed. But if you're doing this to get to a place with me, you're wasting your time. I hear him saying this to you. Stop wasting your time doing what Jesus already did. We're (laughs) We're not the sacrifice. We're not the lamb of God. He was. And so this... I think we do this more than we even know we do it. And I I feel that bringing this to our attention is going to alert us to how often we actually do this. Instead of through surrender. Instead of through response to hearing his voice. See, the Bible says anything that's done outside of faith is what? Anything done that's not faith is what? It's sin. Everyone say that with me. Anything that is not done by faith is sin. So how do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So anything that I do in my life that doesn't come as a response to his voice is sin. Even good things. Like, what? What? Even good things can become sin because it's not a response to his voice. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just what it says. Literally what it says. Everything we do to pursue him is is a response because we heard him. Amen? And the Galatians fell into this trap. And it created division in the church. Actually, it had two whole camps. 
And Paul was like, stop this. Stop it. And Paul was called as an apostle to the Jewish people. And Peter was called as, a, as an apostle to the Gentiles because of the revelation God gave him. Remember, the sheet came down with all the unclean food on it. And, and, and Jesus told him, don't call anything unclean that I've called clean. So Peter knew I was called to the Gentiles. So if he was called to the Gentiles, why is he trying to make Gentiles like Jews? And it created such division and confusion in the church. If there's confusion in the church right now, if you're like, I don't know what I should do to follow Jesus, ask Jesus, what do you want from me? Like the rich young ruler, hey, Jesus, what do I need to do to be a disciple? He will always have an answer for us. Try this. Try this this week. Get in your prayer closet and say, hey, Jesus, I, I know the law. I know the word. I've, I've followed you for 30 years, for 50 years, for 12 years, for two days, whatever it is, I've followed you. I, I know some of this, but what do I need to do to really be free as a disciple? And I believe the Lord wants to give us a clear answer. We'll do the stuff in the word, but we'll do it because we're responding by faith to his voice, not the other way around. Are y'all still with me? I feel strongly that we're circling freedom. Like I, I was talking to Lance a, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, man, I feel like we're circling something through the through this series, and that we're about to be exposed to a level of freedom in our walk with Jesus we've never experienced before. And I feel like some of you have begun to feel the weight lift off of your shoulders of, of man-made rules and religion, and, and maybe someone else didn't do it. Maybe we did it ourselves. We're good at, at beating ourselves up and creating restrictions on ourselves that Jesus never put there. But I feel very strongly that we're about, we're about to. Any, the moment we're ready to, we can step into freedom we've never experienced before. And, and the Bible tells us not to use our freedom to sin. Yeah. Yeah. But use our freedom to serve one another. Wow. Like freedom isn't, isn't just for me, for me. It's for others. We'll close it out. Galatians 5, 1 says, it is for freedom. Everyone say that. It is for freedom, is for freedom. that Christ set, us free. Christ set us free. Don't be entangled again with another yoke. I'm, I'm, I am convinced that much of the church has been carrying around a yoke that isn't his yoke. And that we've been laboring on things that aren't his work. And two things have happened to the church over the last, you know, 30, that, I, that I've been aware, 30 or 40 years. Two things have happened. People have become bored in the church. And people have not seen the value of it. Like bored and it's, this is worthless. And it's because we're, we, we're not carrying around his yoke. We've gotten off mission. We've been bewitched. We preach another gospel. It's not his gospel. The, the Pharisee spirit has crept in, and we make rules and restrictions to enter into the kingdom. And like he said to the Pharisees, you make rules for people to enter into the kingdom, but then you won't even enter yourself. 
And I want the Lord to just break this and set us free from it. And I want to pray this. Father, I ask that you would free us from any labor that is not your labor, from any work that is not your work, from any walk or religion that's not from you. Set us free from it. He didn't set us free so that we can put more religious restrictions back on us. Those things were placeholders. You know, the, the law and all the, stuff that, all the stuff that they did were placeholders until Jesus came. Now Jesus is here, and there's a new law of the Spirit, of life in Christ Jesus, that sets us free from the law of sin and death. There's a new law. Amen? He quenched the full appetite of the law. Nothing else needs to be done to fulfill the obligations of the list of rules. He did it all. Amen? We're not slaves to this, to this old law. We're slaves to a new law. A law of love. And we're free to rely on him. We're free to admit that we need him. Yes. We're free to admit we're a mess when we're a mess. You're like, man, I'm a mess. I need you, Jesus. And we're free when we're sitting on top of the mountain and like everything's going our way. We're free then to say, man, Jesus, I could not have done any of this without you. I need you. Yes. We're free to stop doing things apart from him. We're free for our goodness to originate from him and not from us. We're free for our weakness to be made perfect in him. We're free to live with no other agenda. Amen? Amen. So be free. Say it to yourself. Be free. Hmm. Last thing I'm going to say. Because of, of this uh, perverted gospel that, that's been just prevalent, we're afraid for people to be free. We're afraid to preach freedom. <laughs> because we're like, well, if, if we're free, then people will do what they want to do. Exactly. <laughs> we're afraid of it. We're afraid of the freedom that comes. Because we're like, well, if people are free, then what will restrict them? What will keep us in line? What will restrain the desires and the passions and all the stuff we have? The Bible has an anecdote for that. It says the love of Christ restrains us. Like, whew. Listen to me. You are free to be completely free without the fear of, man, if I'm really free, I don't know what I'll do. Because the love of Christ will restrain you. He will become the boundaries. You know how free that is? How liberating it is to know I don't have to determine the boundaries of my freedom. His love will decide the boundaries for me. And if I ever get to a point where I'm stepping past the boundary lines he wants for my life, his love will pull me back into alignment with him. Not some law slapped in my face. His love will restrain me. Are y'all getting this? Like how freeing is that? Like you're, you can't fail. Hello. You cannot fail in the kingdom. His love 
will restrain you. It will keep you. It will protect you from harming yourself. Like it's, it was in the garden. He could have restrained them from the tree, but he didn't because he knew his love. He knew his love can do it. He didn't put a law around, don't, like, don't eat that tree, and I'm going to make sure that you can't eat that tree. I'm going to block it. He didn't do that because he knew his love could restrain mankind. No law can. No law can restrain us. But his love can. So be free. Hmm. Are you all okay? Would you stand with me? Be free in Jesus' name. Come on. Be free. Freedom. It is for freedom. The whole reason Jesus came was for freedom. <laughs> I want to pray one prayer and then we'll close with maybe one or one or two more. The first one is we want to break the witchcraft spell. The thing that has bewitched us. The thing that has lied to us, has deceived us. The other gospel that's been sown into our heart. Jesus, we come to you now. And we're sorry for believing any other gospel than yours. We're sorry for allowing ourselves to be attracted to a lie. And thinking that lie can produce life. There is no life away from you, period. So, Father God, I ask right now that you would remove the spell from our hearts. Remove the blinders from our eyes and the deafness from our ears. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. That thing in our heart that doesn't trust real freedom, Remove that thing. Come on. Oh, he couldn't possibly want us free. That's exactly what he wants. He wants us free. Holy Spirit, speak truth to us right now. Jesus, when you were leaving, you said you would send the spirit of truth. And he would lead us and guide us into all truth. Mm. Come on. Invite Holy Spirit. Come on. We need a baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, The freedom that comes, comes through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and set us free. Spirit of freedom. Spirit of liberty. Come on. Liberty. Break off chains and bondage. Break off heavy yokes off of people. Heavy, oppressive yokes that aren't your yoke. You said your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Oh, come on. Are you tired? Are you worn out on religion? Come to me, and I will give you rest. (laughs) Take my yoke. Learn from me. (laughs) 
for I am meek and lowly. This is what Jesus told us in Matthew. If you have felt a heavy burden on your shoulder, would you do a prophetic act? Will you just lift it off of your shoulder? Come on. Lift it off. (laughs) You can't fail. Come on. You cannot fail. The love of Christ has you. He has you. You cannot fail. Like, well, what if I make a mess? The love of Christ will help you clean the mess. Like, well, what if I go too far? The love of Christ will bring you back into a relationship. What if I make what if I make a really bad mistake? The love of Christ will walk through you through the mistake. Well, it it can't be this easy. It is this easy. It can't be this hard. It just can't. Jesus did the work. What were Jesus' last words? Everyone say it. It is finished. All of it is finished. My kids don't have to earn my love every day. They don't have to do anything, right? They're sleeping and I walk in and I, I, I feel such love for my kids, right? Especially when they're asleep. Yeah, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love you so much. And I'm, I'm a man. I'm a weak man. And our father is better than we could ever be as a father or a mother. And if we don't have to earn, if our kids don't have to earn our love, then why would we ever think we have to earn his? So just be free. I don't want to just keep saying words. Jesus, come and lift the yoke and replace it with yours. And I felt like you told me to close it out in prayer by saying this. You are free to stop labor that is not his labor. You are free to stop things that aren't in response to his voice. If he told you to do it, don't stop. If he did not tell you to do it, ask him for a command. Hey, tell me to come out on the water with you. Tell me to follow you. I'll do it. I'll do whatever you tell me. But I I release you right now. Yeah. From labor that is not his labor. We are not justified by work. We are justified by faith. Would you put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder? And would you pray that God would stir up the gift of faith that's in them? Come on. We stir up the gift of faith right now. Come on. Everyone has a measure of faith. Now we stir up that faith right now. We stir up faith in every heart in Jesus' name. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Father, increase our ability to hear your voice. Yeah. Increase the frequency that we hear your voice, that it may build faith inside of us, that we may be people of faith and not people of works. May our work flow from our faith, not the other way around. Come on. We release the gift of faith now. Everyone has a measure of faith. Everyone, every person on the planet has a measure of faith. There's also a gift of faith. We release that as well. And you can grow that gift by by flexing the muscle. Come on. 
We thank you, Jesus. So go be free. Have a conversation with Jesus today. Hey, Jesus, what do you want from me? What do I need to do to be a disciple? Okay, I'm going to do that with all my might. It doesn't matter if it's his thing or her thing. What do I need to do right now? We bless you with the ability to respond to his voice. I bless you with the ability to, to obey him, to recognize him. I think it was two weeks ago we talked about the Sabbath. I, I pray that God releases a Sabbath rest over this body. There is a place of rest that remains available. We'll release rest over you. Thank you so much for coming today. If you'd have your offering, we'll have buckets about the door on the way out. If you need prayer, if you're like, man, I have a really big thing coming up and I need someone to pray with me, to, to believe with me. We want to pray with you here at the front. If you received a prophetic word for someone today, please give it to them before they leave. All right? You don't have to have our permission to give prophetic words. Go for it. Right? We don't, we don't judge the people that give us the word. We judge the word. Right? So if you have a prophetic word, speak it over everyone. I bless you with rest, with peace. In Jesus' name, thank you so much for being here. God bless you.